Hey, everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes is a Goal podcast. If you're new around here, I'm a late bloomer who discovered the power of goals in his mid-30s. Now, I'm on a furious mission to create the accelerators I wish I had in my 20s. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today we're talking about the two great decisions great comedians always make and why you should too. These are great decisions great comedians make about long-term careers. This one's inspired by Nate Bargatze. If you recently saw him host Center Live, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You're going to love this episode. But first, a quick word from the sponsor of today's episode. If you want to accomplish more goals next year, you should use the calendar I've been using for the last 12 years. That's right. I've used this calendar for 12 years because I love it. It's called the Finish Calendar. And I love it for six very specific reasons. Reason number one, the finished calendar is big and beautiful. It's 36 inches tall by 24 inches wide. This thing is massive. I mount mine on foam board and I'll carry it with me to meetings. It's gigantic. It's got enough space for you to plan your weeks. Number two, the finished calendar is reversible. You've got a vertical and a wide orientation. So a vertical on one side, flip it over, other side, wide landscape this thing gives you both options i personally like the vertical you do you it also comes in dry erase or traditional paper so if you're like i'm a dry erase person i want to be able to kind of write things down and change them awesome we've got that too number three it makes time real when someone says can you do that project in the next six weeks that time feels fictional to me six weeks from now i can't even wrap my head around what will be going on then I need to be able to see the year, not just talk about it. Number four reason that I love it, studies have shown that planning when and where you work on the goals that you do doubles the chances that you'll achieve them. Double, that is amazing. It was a study done in Germany. Number five, the finished calendar has 12 encouraging statements on it designed to help slingshot you into a great month of dreaming and doing. I wrote those statements, they're very encouraging. And number six, it's not expensive. It costs less than $30, that's eight cents a day. Name another productivity tool that you'll ever use every day for eight cents. An entire year, eight cents a day, you can't even get coffee. Like right now, if you're like, I don't know, I know a guy, I get coffee for eight cents. No, you don't, it's very affordable. So over the last 12 years, there's not been a tool that helped me as much as the Finish Calendar. It helps me keep commitments, it helps me finish projects, and I love this thing. You can get your own copy at finishcalendar.com. That's finishcalendar.com. All right, let's jump into today's episode. So I've been trying something recently on a few of these episodes where I give you a 30-second version of the episode before we jump into the full conversation. I don't know about you, but I feel very busy, so this is a help, a resource, a tool for wicked busy people. So I'm going to give you a 30 second version of the entire episode, just in case your kid's about to have a meltdown. Um, you're about to get where you are going. Like maybe you're listening to this in your car, your workout's almost over. So here's a summary. Most of life involves just two principles. Number one, stay in the game. Keep writing, keep podcasting, keep serving. Don't quit. Number two, don't blow up your life. Don't have affairs, don't do drugs, don't get lost in ego and demand opportunities you're not ready for, etc. Those are the two keys to life. Do you need more than 30 seconds? Do you have more than 30 seconds today? Awesome. And you're going to love the whole episode. So this idea started with a text message to a friend about Nate Bargatze. If you haven't heard of Nate Bargatze, he's one of the funniest, most successful comedians on the planet right now. 
He recently did a multi-week tour in Australia. He sold the most tickets ever at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, and he just hosted Saturday Night Live. He's reached the stratosphere of comedy that few people ever achieve. I imagine he'll be doing movies and sitcoms soon. Now, what's fun for me is he's from Nashville. He lives here, and I was talking to a friend today. I need to give my friend credit. Chris Thomas, 11 years ago, said, hey, let's go see this guy, Nate Bargatze. He's playing um, in a room above Bongo Java. So he was playing in Bongo Java. It had 20 seats. Chris bought them all because they were $7 a ticket. And that's where Chris uh, wanted to go see Nate Bargatze. I had a delayed flight. I missed it. But it's fun to remember 11 years ago, he was playing and probably making 80 bucks that night. I'm, I'm sure he had to cut some of that with Bongo Java. But sometimes when you see somebody on Saturday Night Live, you don't see the come up. You don't see the beginning. And so it's fun being in Nashville. We've been able to see um, Nate's beginning. So I don't know Nate well. Um, we had dinner a few years ago with some other comedians and we have a lot of mutual friends. And what was interesting was the night we had dinner, he told a story about a time when he was changing shirts in a golf course parking lot. And an old man approached him from behind and said, Olivia? Confusing Nate with his wife. And Nate said he was unsure who should be more insulted, the wife whose husband thinks she takes shirts off in parking lots, or Nate who has the body of an elderly woman. It was this hilarious story that I later saw him do on stage in a Netflix special. And what struck me most was how he took this three-minute story that he told at dinner, and he whittled it down. He stripped it down to its barest, most perfect 60-second joke that he did on stage. I love watching comedians do that. I think it's so fascinating where they can strip something down to its purest, most powerful form. So, in addition to loads of talent, 20-plus years of hard work, and boatloads of wisdom, I think Nate and other successful people I know all make two very obvious but often overlooked decisions. It took me about 48 years to recognize these two decisions, but hopefully you can grasp them a lot faster. If you want to have a happy, successful life, it comes down to this. Number one, stay in the game. And number two, don't blow up your life. Allow me to elaborate because it's fun to elaborate on podcasts. Decision number one, stay in the game. So about 15 years ago, I used to go to a blogger meetup that a guy named Brad Ruggles put together before the Catalyst Conference in Atlanta. It wasn't fancy. It wasn't produced. It was essentially 40 bloggers hanging out at a restaurant near the Gwinnett Arena one night after the conference had ended that day. So none of us were speaking at the actual conference. We weren't that popular, that well-known, or that successful. The only thing we all had in common was that we had blogs. We were content creators trying to navigate this new world. And it was amazing that Brad would organize this little meetup. And I remember I used to wear my own shirts. I would make shirts advertising my blog and I would carry around like a 12 pound bag of buttons with my URL on it. I went through like a three year period, pretty, pretty dark actually, where I believed that people wanted buttons. I believed there was a massive amount of people clamoring for free buttons. We still have hundreds of pounds of buttons from my first few books in our attic, by the way. My wife hates those buttons. What was I thinking? So recently, it hit me that 15 years later, after those moments way back when, very few of those original bloggers are still creating content. Most of them stopped. 
Most of them moved on to something else. Most of them quit writing. Most of them got different jobs and bounced around. Now, I bounced around a lot in the first half of my adult life. Bounce. Bounce is probably a generous term for the train wreck that was my career. I had eight full-time jobs in the first 12 years. I shudder to think about how stressful that whole situation was to my wife and young kids. I was like a corporate version of a traveling carnival. I'd crush the interview using as much riz as I could. Google it. Uh, My teenage daughters tell me it means charisma, but please don't tell them I used riz in a podcast episode because they will be mortified. So I would just go from job to job to job to job. And do you know what happens when you bounce around a lot? You never build momentum. How, how could you? When you leave the company, leave the industry, leave the city, you also leave all your relationships. You leave the skills that needed more time to develop, the opportunities that needed more time to blossom, the connections that needed more time to deepen. If you're constantly starting over, it's hard to become an expert. I didn't notice that until recently. What happened? Well, clients who hire me to speak have started to say things like this. They'll say, John, I read your first book when I was in college, and now I'm a manager at a company, so I can bring you to speak to my team. Or, John, I followed you online for 10 years and I've been waiting for the right time to book you. Or, I saw you speak at an event in 2013, and I've always wanted to bring you to my company. 15 years after I first started sharing content publicly, I'm starting to see fruit that I didn't even know I was planting. I would, I would be grossly exaggerating my own wisdom if I pretended for a second that in 2008, I thought, I bet a reader of my blog will be an event planner 15 years from now and, and they'll bring me to Spokane, Washington. I think that's how it's gonna happen. I couldn't have predicted that at the time. All I could do is plan. All I could do is stay in the game. All I could do is refuse to leave the arena and climb back into the stands, satisfied to be a spectator, not a player. The same is is true of you. If you want a successful career, stay in the game. If you want a deep, rich relationship with your kids, stay in the game. If you want to feel healthy in your 70s, stay in the game. Keep writing books. Keep podcasting. Keep leading your team. Keep pouring into friendships. Keep doing the little, often annoying things that no one sees that it requires to be great at your life. Write the thank you notes. Pass on the food or drink you tend to overindulge. Run even if it's raining. Make one more call to one more client. Stay in the game. You might not see the results quickly, but that's okay. Apple trees take years. Weeds take days. Let's say that one more time. Apple trees take years. Weeds take days. But one is a nuisance and one provides fruit you'll be thrilled to harvest. So that's the first thing you have to do if you want to have a fun, successful life, stay in the game. Decision number two, don't blow up your life. Now, is this decision easier or harder than the first one? I'm not, I'm not sure. To be honest with you, I'm not sure. I, I guess it depends on your particular life. We started this with Nate Bargatze. Let's jump back into the comedy world. I recently talked to an entertainment lawyer and manager 
who specializes in comedians. He's discovered some of the biggest names in the industry. This is a guy who's in his late 60s, early 70s. He's worked in this industry for decades. And I asked him, what wrecks a comedian who is on the rise? I'm always curious about that question. Like, why do some leaders fall apart? Why do some celebrities fall apart? Why do some businesses fall apart? I'm just curious about that. So I said, what wrecks a comedian who is on the rise? And he said, there are several things. Number one, they're lonely. And they multiply the loneliness of the road by casually sleeping around with lots of people. They never build a foundational relationship or group of friends that keep them grounded. So they're always traveling. They always have short-term relationships. They never build a foundation of community. Number two, they start doing drugs because they're chasing the high of being on stage when they're off it. So the adrenaline, the dopamine surge, all of that that you get on stage, when you're not on stage, your body starts to look for that and they substitute that with a shortcut. They substitute that with drugs. And number three, they go through terrible divorces. They go through terrible divorces. Now, those might not exactly apply to you. Like right now, you're probably not thinking, well, I don't really chase the hit of dopamine from killing a comedy club with drugs. Not a huge issue, John. Thanks for creating such relevant content. But I think some of those do apply to you. I think some of those do apply to me. If you become a workaholic and you push away every relationship you have in life because you're afraid to be vulnerable, you will eventually crash. If you get stuck in the loop of drugs, like if you get stuck in that loop, your life will be harder than it needs to be. If you have an affair, and blow up your family. Every part of your career, health and success will suffer. If you get addicted to dopamine and cortisol from all the stress, you will become a chaos machine that leaves wreckage everywhere you go. You have a friend right now who is a chaos machine. Here's how you know. You have a friend that makes life harder than it needs to be. Are you thinking of the person right now? Like, I know a couple of people. Like, they make life so chaotic, so stressful, and so much harder than it needs to be. And if you do that, you're going to wreck things. If you try to numb your way out of daily life with compulsive shopping, gambling, food, social media, or any other temporary solution, your star will be dimmer than it could have been. Those are all the exotic ones, but... Something that's common as ego can be what trips you up. This is the one that tempts me constantly. When I'm with other business owners or influencers or, you know, people that do the weird job I do, I often feel insecure. I do. I feel insecure. And in those moments of insecurity, I am tempted to hire more people. I, I want to be at a networking event and say things like, I have 30 employees I have 40 employees in five different states, or you've got to come check out our new space. We just have the most amazing space in the Gulch. Like that's our cool part of Nashville is like the Gulch. I want to be doing the kind of things that make me feel like a real CEO. But if that's not what I'm called to do, and it's not the right time to do it, then it's just my ego trying to trick me into a disastrous, impulsive, expensive decision. The other ego trick that sometimes gets me is when people say to me, you're the CEO, you're a New York Times bestselling author, you shouldn't be doing blank and just insert any minor task at my company. These comments get to me and I start to think, maybe they're right. 
right? I mean, I'm John Acuff. I shouldn't be doing this. Then I start hiring out tasks that maybe I should do. Tasks that maybe even I like doing all in the name of getting a little too big for my britches. That's a phrase I'm trying to bring back. Too big for your britches. When's the last time you heard that phrase? It's great. Those might not be as neon as, say, a Coke problem, but they're every bit as dangerous for my long-term plan. If I start making decisions based on my ego, my decisions deteriorate pretty quickly. So I'm keeping my team lean right now. I love that we punch above our weight. I love that I don't have the overhead of a building or the expensive trappings that tend to tangle entrepreneurs like me up. Will we continue to grow? I sure hope so. But it'll be based on our need to serve you better, not our need to serve my ego better. It'll be based on serving you, not serving me. And maybe you're a new leader. Maybe that one about, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. Maybe you're in a new leadership position and, and you find yourself going, yeah, I shouldn't be doing that. I, I don't need to do that. I'm, I'm so-and-so leader now. Maybe the ego issue is one you recognize. Maybe it's the numbing. Maybe right now you're like, oh, I am on my phone a lot. And it is not out of joy. Like it is not a deep, deep, rich joy driving me to scroll Instagram. Like it's not. It's loneliness. Um, it's feeling awkward. It's a desire to want to disappear into somebody else's life instead of dealing with my own. I don't know what thing you're working on right now, but I, but I really think that life is not more complicated than just making those two decisions every day. And sometimes you might need to make them dozens of times a day, even hundreds of times a day. That's okay. You can do it. Make those decisions. Millions of people just like you do it every day. I try to make these episodes as practical as possible. So let's keep this really simple. If you want to have a long, wonderful life, just number one, stay in the game. Number two, don't blow your life up. And if you've already blown your life up, because sometimes worry and fear will get in and go, hey, it's too late. That's one of fear's favorite phrases is it's too late. Like when you've made a mistake, it's too late. If you've already blown up your life, I've got some tremendous news for you. You can start again today. You don't have to keep making terrible decisions. You can stop right now. Don't let yesterday's mistakes determine today's decisions. Two decisions. That's all we're talking about. Two decisions, one phenomenal life. I really think that's all it takes. And I really think you're capable of it. I really do. I think you're capable of making some great decisions and building a great life. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We'll put all the links in the show notes as always. I don't know why I say that. I don't think I mentioned any particular link today that you would need in the show notes, but I always say that. And thank you for subscribing to the podcast and especially writing reviews. Here's a great one from Everlearning5. They said, transforming weekly. I look forward to the ATG podcast every week. I appreciate the clarity I gain from practical advice and helpful insights. I'm 55 and have struggled with goal setting all of my life. Your goal setting process you shared in December and January finally helped me to understand the steps. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. That's so encouraging. And how fun is that it ties right into it's not too late. Some of y'all right now are like, I'm 54, it's too late. I'm 55, it's too late. I'm 65. Nope. It's never too late. It's never too late. You can start today and you can start something brand new right this moment. 
Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. And remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.